Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. And you can find this podcast just like all the other shows on the network covering all your favorite teams, NFL, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college teams. The network is growing. We have you covered here for all of your favorite sports and teams on the Locked On Podcast Networks on all your favorite podcast apps. Today, we've got some Twitter questions, a Twitter Thursday episode, and we will take a peek at the finalists for the NFL 100 defensive backs all time. Some big names here might be a little bit more difficult to predict. We've got, uh, let's see, how many names are on this list? Big list, Matt. We've got a big list. I I glanced at it, but I didn't really dig into it, and I kind of wanted to make that fresh off our mind. But it's a big list, and it's a lot harder from what I remember, you know, just glancing at it than some of these other positions because, you know, the, the, the cases aren't as obvious. And there, and statistically, it's harder with defensive backs. There's 30 defensive back finalists, and only 13 will make the list. Seven okay. corners and six safeties. So uh, that'll yeah, be fun. That will yeah. be fun and a little bit more difficult. Um, we actually nailed a few of the linebackers. I don't know if you saw the final picks after we had talked about the linebackers and the defensive linemen last week. Uh, I'll just run through them real quick. NFL 100 winners here. For uh, linebackers, Chuck Bednarik, Bobby Bell, Derek Brooks made it, Dick Butkus, Jack Ham, Ted Hendricks, Jack Lambert, Willie Lanier, Ray Lewis, Joe Schmidt, Junior Seau, and Lawrence Taylor. We did pretty well, yeah. and I, I didn't have any real qualms with that list at all, so I thought it was a pretty good group. No, not at all. I was wondering which ones of the more modern linebackers would get in, and it was Ray Lewis, and it was... Derek Brooks and Junior Seau got in there too, which is Seau, yeah, They're a good, 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 good group for sure. I, I don't have many beefs with that at all. Fewer uh, defensive linemen made it for more modern players. The defensive ends were Doug Atkins, Bill Hewitt, Deacon Jones, Gino Marchetti, Leroy Selman, Bruce Smith, and Reggie White. And the defensive tackles were Buck Buchanan, Joe Green, Bob Lilly, Merlin Olson, Alan Page, John Randall. And Randy White, we were pretty darn close on the the whole defensive back and and linebacker list. I think there's maybe four or five we were off on total, something like that. And again, I didn't see anything egregious there, and, and I don't remember any omissions that I would have jumping out of my skin about. You know who I realized after the fact that wasn't even nominated because I wasn't sure if he was going to be a linebacker or a defensive end, and it turned out he didn't show up on any of the lists was. Oh, uh, your guy, yeah. A guy that has a ton of sacks in the NFL, Charles Haley, wasn't even nominated, wasn't even one of the finalists, which is kind of surprising. That's very surprising. I'm glad you brought that up because you mentioned him, you know, when we were talking D-line, thinking, oh, he'll just be with the linebackers. And he wasn't, right. and we didn't kind of address it then. Guy's got five rings, was instrumental in changing the balance of power between San Francisco and Dallas. I th- my hunch is he was he's an odd fella. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Uh, maybe he wasn't the most popular dude, and maybe switching teams a couple times hurt his case a little bit, but I would put him over a couple of the guys that made it. Yes, definitely. And that I mean, he was just he was just so important, instrumental to those defenses that won five 
Super Bowls. I mean, you're sitting there with five Super Bowl rings, not even a finalist with all the, and statistically he's up there too with, with all the sacks he put up in the NFL. So that is very interesting. Yeah, that one shocks me a little bit. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's start with some cornerbacks. We've got, in alphabetical order, Herb Adderley. Okay, I think he's kind of a on-the-fence dude. I, I think just, I mean, name recognition, I'm thinking, okay, there, there's a lot of names here. I'm thinking we got to get this down to uh, quite That's a... seven. Yeah, quite a quite a small number, and Herb Adderley just off the top of my head be like, okay, yeah, Herb Adderley's going to be one of these guys. A Champ Bailey. I'd say pretty close. I think I would put, I mean, at this point, I would I would think they're both on the on the more inside of the fence than the out for me. Yeah, I, I think so too, but there's some big names that have to be on Especially here. Champ Bailey was the, the best corner in the game for a long time. Yeah, and he just got in the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. yeah. uh, this this position, I'm always going to be biased towards the, the newer people, right. but this position may be even more so than others. I mean, defensive backs were not asked to do nearly as much as they are today. Right, and it, the position has changed. There were more physical position and enforcers oh. in the past, whereas now it's just straight cover guys with the way the NFL is. And, and the guys that were involved in the 90s and 2000s, I think, when that became more of a position where you're trying to shut people down, shut the best guy down across from you, that's why I think someone like Champ Bailey, his job was difficult, and, and he did it so well at a high level, I would I would put him in. Yeah, I'm leaning that way too, but uh, let's go back and see if make sure I don't boot somebody in, yes. in his favor. Here is a player that I'm not as familiar with. Maybe you know a 1992 inductee to the Hall of Fame, Lem Barney, who played 10 years from 67 to 77. Yeah, I don't know a ton about him, but I would think he's on the outside looking in in this conversation. A guy I would think is in, Mel Blunt? Yes. I think that's an easy one, and he might be number one on my list. Yes, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> change the game. They had to, they had to reinvent rules for him. I saw him a couple weekends ago. He looks like he could still play. He's like 70 years old. Oh, He's man. ridiculous. That's crazy. Uh, 1975 NFL Defensive Player of the Year for a defensive back. Uh, a, a cornerback is, is impressive. It is impressive. Just beat the – it was funny because, real quick note, uh, his partner in crime who nobody knows, JT Thomas – was a good player on that great defense, the other side corner. And he sat down with us, and he was like, Swan and Stallworth never beat Mel Blunt in practice. <laughs> never. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great yeah. story. I love that, man. That, that yeah. is a good nugget. <laughs> we have Willie Brown, played from 1963 to 1978. So I was not alive when this a gentleman was tearing up the NFL. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 19. 19- 84. He had a 75-yard interception return for a touchdown in the Raiders' Super, Super Bowl, Bowl win. Yeah, Super Bowl yeah. 11. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, I do consider myself a pretty strong football historian, but without question, this this is the position group that I'll feel the least strongly about. So please, people, send me some notes on Twitter saying why I was wrong, but I think Willie Brown's also on the outside looking in if I can only get seven corners. A slam dunk for me. Daryl Green. Yes, I'm with you on that, too. He is definitely one of the seven. Mike Haynes. I really like Mike Haynes, too. I mean, he was great with the Remember Hayes and Haynes with the Raiders? They were awesome. He was a great Patriot. I'm leaning strongly towards yes. Another instrumental interception in a Raiders Super Bowl. He was inducted into the Hall in 1997. We have a 49er great Jimmy Johnson, who is always on the list of all-time great San Francisco 49ers. 
1994 Pro Football Hall inductee. I think he would be on the fence here. Uh, I think uh, the old-timers will vote him in. Uh, I think for the younger crowd, might have never seen him play, might not know how good he was for how long he was, 15 years in the NFL. Yeah, and you probably know more about him than I do, just being you know the San Francisco connections you have. Um, I lean towards no, but... Uh, he's somebody I don't know a ton about, and he seems like one of those candidates that get in, and we all say, okay, you know, people know more right. about him than we do, and you know, for the, the his time frame and his age. Although we're already getting tight numbers wise, so the fence yeah, guys, are. I think it's this is a list where the guys on the fence are all going to be nose. I think so too. Yeah, we have uh, go, uh, more so than other positions. Actually, hold on, let's see where we at with time. You know what? Let's uh, let's finish the cornerbacks. We'll get to safeties as well for the NFL 100 all time team. And we'll dip into that Twitter Thursday mailbag. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash locked on. Here's a good one, an all-time nickname. If there was an NFL 100 for Nick names dick night train lane would absolutely be it i gotta think he's in too i mean it sounds like by all accounts he was a revolutionary player uh maybe you can convince someone can convince us otherwise but i think night train lane's uh, kind of a an icon i'm with you here's a difficult one still playing in the nfl the, when you talk about players who are the best at their position for a time he's one of them i don't think he gets in here but Deserves to be on this list and deserves consideration in Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I was a little shocked to see his name. I mean, there. I think he's very, very good. I don't know that he's an all-time great. I mean, when you start talking about a couple of these other guys on the list and Daryl Green and Champ Bailey, I, I think he's behind those guys. Right, and longevity. This He's only been in the league for eight years now, nine years now, and we'll see how that ends for him. Um, you know, like no... No rings. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, nice to see his name on the list. He's not going to get in. Yeah, he's not having a great year either, by the way. No, he is not. And that's the other thing is how does it end and, and how short was his peak? Mel Renfro. I think no on him too. Daryl Revis. He's a yes for me. I don't know if you know this, but I helped recruit Darrell to Pitt way back when. Um, but I think he was the best at his position Revis Island was a real thing without getting help for a long stretch. So I'm I'm a yes on Revis. Yeah, and so it went from basically Dion to Champ Bailey to Daryl Revis as the true best corner, shutdown corners in the NFL, right? They taught they handed yeah. the baton to each other. But if all three of those guys are in, you only have four old timers, uh, that gets very difficult. And that brings us to Deion Sanders, who obviously has to be in Slam. Yes, yeah. Of course. Aeneas Williams. Lean towards yes, but tough list. Right. Good player. He's not going to get in because you have to put in guys like the next two, Charles Woodson and Rod Woodson. Right. Yeah. Both the Woodsons are yes for me. So I'm not sure if I can narrow it down to seven. If I have two Woodsons, Green is three, Champ is four, Revis is five, Dion is six, Blunt is seven. And I really wanted to put Night Train Lane or Mike Haynes on there, but I don't right. think I can. Yeah, that's uh, that's very difficult. Herb Adderley would be out. Uh, Willie Brown, Night Train Lane. So that's a that's a tough list there. But I, I think it's going to skew at least for me, and maybe we're biased because of our age, but skew to mm -hmm. the more modern 
corners. Absolutely. Rod Woodson and Charles Woodson yeah. are no-brainers. I mean, they got to be in. Yeah. Let's move to the safeties here. Let's start with, and there's six safeties out of this list. Jack Christensen played from 1951 to 1958, 1970 Hall of Fame inductee, won three NFL championships with the Detroit Lions in 52, 53, and 57. I kind of knew those things about him, but that's about it. <laughs> so yeah, I know the bio, and that's uh, that, that's it. The name is familiar, but uh, I can't attest to seeing him play. Um, this guy I can attest to seeing him play was definitely an all-time great. I don't know if he will get into this list, but Brian Dawkins. Yeah, I I love him. I'm sure Eagles fans are like, no-brainer. I mean, he's so popular with that fan base, and I can understand why. I'm sure if he was in Pittsburgh, my son would have a jersey of him and all those things. I don't know if he's the top six. Kenny Easley. Same. Yep. I mean, almost the exact same argument as Dawkins. Right. Exact same tier. With, uh, with Seahawks. Kind of a lot of am- anonymity for Kenny Easley for how good he was playing. Like, it's like, is are you is are your games even televised, man? Right. It was like the Cortez Kennedy conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yep. The other day. Yeah. Same deal. Ken Houston. I know he was highly productive, but I'm going to lean towards no. Got to be a no on that with the with the names on this list that are coming up here. Paul Krause played from 15 years, 64 to 79, inducted into the Hall in 1988, had eight Pro Bowl selections, five straight, and... Yeah, go he ahead. was on the Purple People Eater team. Uh, from what I remember, really smart, deep middle center fielder, made a lot of plays on the ball, but I can't put him in the top six. So we don't have a lot of slam dunks early on, but the list gets very slam dunky here coming up after uh, Yale Larry is a and name I that, no I, idea that I, I got to be honest, this is the first time I am seeing that name, I think. Uh, he had two stints in the NFL, played 52 and 53 then back in 56, and then played I mean, almost 10 more years to 1964. And a major contributor, it says here, to three NFL championship teams, those same Lions we talked about in 52, 53, and 57. They had a hell of a defensive backfield there. <laughs> Apparently. And I'm sure Yale was wonderful, but what were you doing in 54 and 55, Yale? <laughs> yeah, wait, was he uh, maybe in the military? I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. I think it was a World War II. It wasn't World War II. Right, I mean, exactly. Korea, maybe. There's I don't a lot know. of those. If, if so, then my apologies. But if you felt like just selling real estate or something those couple <laughs> days or teaching gym, I don't want to hear it. It doesn't talk about it here in his... In his bio, why he was not there for a couple of years. That's funny because he jumped into the league, won two Super Bowls. He left. He came back. They won another Super Bowl. So maybe there is something to it. (laughs) Maybe he's awesome. I I don't know. Uh, Slam dunk, no doubter, Ronnie Lott. Yeah, he's number one, I think. Number one, absolutely. Uh, Very close to my heart. I wore number 42 in my very first uh, like Pop Warner football team because of Ronnie Lott. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't. If I think if I grew up in your area of the country, I probably would have too. Yeah, that's because number eighty was taken because everyone wanted Jerry Rice's number. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I played. I played running back and a little defensive back, and so forty-two worked. Uh, Troy Polamalu, another slam dunk for me. Me too, yeah. and he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. A uh, little nugget on that is. I always take a vacation in late July, and it sounds like if Troy goes to the Hall of Fame this year there's like a 90% chance the Steelers will be in the Hall of Fame game, which means I probably will be not in vacation with my family. So 
I'm rooting for you, Troy. You deserve it, but you're going to screw up my vacation. <laughs> screw up your vacation. You got to yeah, you got to change up those plans. Uh, let's go to another guy who I think has to be in, and Ed Reed. Yes, I, I, no brainer to me. I, I wrote down three names I've ever seen. The list was Lot, Troy, and Ed. Yeah, that they're just in. They're the best. Those guys are absolutely in. So that's three. We've got to figure out the other three from the rest of this list. And Johnny Robinson is a familiar name. He just got into the Hall of Fame. That's why he is familiar to some people. I'm sure 2019. Hall inductee. He helped the Chiefs to four division titles and three AFL championship victories, 1960 to 1971. I don't have a strong feeling one way or another about him. I know those things, but I don't know if I how I could rank him against some of the others. We have a member of that Steel Curtain defense. A lot of those names have shown up here on the defensive side of the ball. Donnie Shell. Love Donnie Shell. He actually sat down with us that weekend. I was mentioning. Uh, great dude. Uh, he's just finished. He was working with the Carolina Panthers, but he's a no. I mean, I know there's a strong push for him to get in the Hall of Fame. He's not even in the Hall of Fame, so I can't take him ahead of Kenny Easley. Nice to give him a little hat tip here on the finalists, but definitely I don't think he's going to make it in here. Uh, there's Here's an old timer that there's a reason he's on the list, and I have a feeling that some of these type of, of players will have to get in. This is Emlyn Tunnel, played from 1948 to 19. 19- 61 so basically from the archaic nfl era to uh you know maybe even getting a couple of games in color and he was the first black player inducted into the pro football hall in 1967 cool i mean that's yeah. a great story my hunch is either him or our boy yale or one of these other dudes that we know very little about right. i bet there's two safeties in where maybe you and I would have had none or zero. Just gets a good spot to put some of these old guys in and recognize their greatness. I think I would be willing to bet that uh, Emlyn Tunnel goes in there with Troy, Ed, Ronnie Lott. That's four. Mm-hmm. Maybe two more here. Uh, Larry Wilson, 1960 to 1972, inducted into the Hall of 1978. Cat-like defender and an exceptional team leader made the safety blitz famous uh that's the that's the first line of his bio so i, I love that i love hearing <laughs> stuff like that something, good line, yeah something that you just you know of course a safety blitz has always existed it's like oh no this actually this guy in the 70s was the first guy to do it and they're like oh let's do a safety blitz uh i think that kind of stuff is amazing i love that that is pretty awesome i mean i know a little more about him than the, the old timers but i would lean towards no the last name on the list here is Willie Wood, say, played in the same exact era as Larry Wilson, almost the same time frame, 1960 to 1971. He was a Hall inductee in 1989, five NFL champions championships with the Packers, including Super Bowls one and two. Yeah, and I, I started this podcast by saying I know that I'm going to be very biased towards the, the the recent dudes, and maybe more so at this position than others. But I would go Lot, Troy, Ed, Kenny Eastley, Dawkins, old dude. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's I think I'm with you there. Dawkins, Easley, and maybe we're skipping some of these guys we haven't had a chance to watch. I don't know enough about him, unfortunately. But yeah, Lot, Pulamalu, Reed, Emlyn Tunnel. I think that would be my list. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, good stuff. Let's uh let's jump into this uh Twitter Thursday action. Every weekend our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, 
do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at my bookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's start with Duke, and he is a frustrated. If you don't mind, I have yeah. one specific one. That oh, sure. You probably didn't see. It's from from a really good friend of the show at Williamson NFL has a question for Brian Peacock. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's been straining all week for his fantasy lineup. His running back situation is problematic, and it's a non PPR Montgomery tonight or Geis later in the on Sunday. Here's my dilemma. Geis only got about 33% of the snaps, but look great. Are they Should they lean on him like crazy? I don't like the Packers' run defense. I do for the Geis' case. Or do I have to or do I go with Montgomery tonight, who's really been disappointing? I do like the Bears plus three and a half, and people should go back and listen to our preview yesterday. But I've gone. I've switched my lineup four hundred times between these two. I need help. <laughs> this is yeah. This is a tough question, and I, those Thursday it games is. are so frustrating when things get down into the playoffs too, and you have to make that early decision. I we saw guys go crazy last week. I don't know if that was partly because of it's a it's a sign that he's going to be that guy, and that's how he's going to finish the season, and, and he's healthy. And I really like Darius guys if he is healthy, but that Panthers defense was a big part of that, and they've been so bad, just torched in the run game, which is super surprising with how much talent they have on the defensive side of the ball and Luke Keekley. And I think that's part of why Ron Rivera is no longer the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, uh, but Montgomery, you know, I, I think is solid, and I, I think you can play Montgomery and know that you are going to get some points. But I think if you want to try to go big and you want to go win this thing. You go with Geis and you roll the dice. Roll the dice with Geis. That's what I'm leaning towards because a couple of my tiebreakers are when in doubt, don't go with a Thursday nighter. Yes. When in doubt, who has the better tape? And right now I think Geis looks better on tape. That's just the scout in me, though. And just think about how the game script could go with that Cowboys-Bears game. Is it one that's going to be a huge point gainer for a running back for Montgomery? Uh, could Could... The Cowboys easily jump out to a lead, and then they're just throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's what it worries me too. So yeah, yeah I'm going with guys, but I have a feeling I'm going to regret it. <laughs> so like, You're gone gonna make, it's the wrong decision, no matter what you do. So <laughs> yeah, go in sure. knowing that. <laughs> uh, we have a frustrated Rams fan here. Duke says, uh, "How can the Rams go from juggernaut to pencil in a win?" It's a maze balls. So basically, he's. So I've never heard of being a team being called a pencil. Basically, the Rams, nobody's giving the Rams credit. They're the seven seed right now. They're one game back of the Vikings. They've got Sunday night football with the Seahawks that could really shake things up in the NFC playoff picture this weekend. They are the reigning NFC champs. They were in the Super Bowl. They're still a talented team. They could still play with just about anybody. Why are the Rams not getting any respect, Matt? And they just blew the doors off the Cardinals. I mean, in the least competitive game of the weekend, probably. So I think things are getting better for the Rams. NFC is awfully tough. 
as you kind of just laid out, the bar is pretty darn high. You know, I mean, if you're not the best team in the NFC, then yeah. we're unhappy with the Rams. <laughs> but we've talked about them a fair amount. I mean, I think their roster, well, first of all, I, th- I don't think Goff's a great player. I think he's an average quarterback. And they don't run the ball as well as they used to. They don't throw the ball to Gurley like they used to. More worrisome, though, the offensive line is very much a work in progress. And the root of it to me is I think McVay is a wonderful coach. And if I was picking my coach the next 15 years, he'd be very high on the list. But the way they're constructed with no middle class, I mean, it's stars and then a bunch of mid-round picks because the way that they're constructed in – I think that's a tough way to win and tough way to address needs. You know, no first round picks. Yeah, that's very difficult going forward. And it's it's odd that the team that we see right now with the Rams is so different than the team we've seen a couple of years ago, even though a lot of the main players are the same. They have lost some pieces and moved some things around, but they're winning a little bit more of the defense. The offense isn't lighting it up like it was, but they still have those pieces where Goff can throw together a really good game. He plays better at home. And look, the 49ers yeah. and the Seahawks both play at the Rams. I have a big feeling the Rams are going to play a big part in this thing with either getting themselves in and three NFC West teams making the playoffs or just being a spoiler for either the 49ers or the Rams, who are both going to get in the playoffs, but spoiling the the division title for one of those two teams. Yeah, and I don't think they'll end up in the playoffs, but of all the, in the entire NFL, of all the teams currently not slated to go to the playoffs, I think the Rams still have the highest ceiling. You know, if they bring their best day, you, they can beat anybody. Yep, absolutely. I, I agree with that one 100%. Let's go to JDS. He says, next five years, Watson or Lamar? It's a tough one because I love both. I mean, they would both be very, very high on my list in terms of after Mahomes, who do I want to lead my team for now to eternity? I think a little bit is – I'm going to go with Watson – just because um, I, I'm less sure that Lamar's style, which is so unique, will hold up for the next five years. I mean, when what happens when he tweaks an ankle or blows out a knee? I mean, I mean, people get hurt, quarterbacks slow down, and anyone that listens to this knows that I love him and I think he's a much better passer than given credit for. But long-term, what we've seen from these two in the NFL – I trust Watson's game to stand the test of time more. I think that's the key. And I, I, I bet if you were to pull people, who do you want for next week? I think Lamar Jackson's probably the answer right now. Uh, yeah. Who's going to be a higher draft pick in your fantasy leagues next year? Unless there's some big injury that happens from here on out would be Lamar Jackson. But looking long-term longevity uh, for all those reasons that you laid out, I think I would choose Watson. And really, you can't go wrong here. I love both these guys. They're both so fun to watch and both really high-level talents. And so um, there's no wrong answer. I'm going to say Watson, too. Yeah, yeah, there's no wrong answer. And they might be my second and third pick overall behind Mahomes. Mahomes, yep, absolutely. And it's funny because the way the NFL goes, too, because every year, you know, it's it's a, it's a roller coaster. Even great players have ups and downs in their in their careers. And so last year... Mahomes was the guy and he's way out in front and now oh here's Lamar Jackson Mahomes gets hurt and you just see how every year it's it's a little bit different and then next year maybe it's Watson who just goes crazy and then it's like okay he's the guy and then Rodgers has another great year and you're like okay well now what's the order and you know then or maybe Sam Darnold or uh, the continued development of Josh Allen or someone like that you know so it's always up and down for these guys and it's not like 
it's not like a Madden rating where like, oh, this guy's a 97, this guy's a 95, he's better, and he's going to be better forever. It's There's so many factors, and that's what makes the NFL so interesting and so unique is it's a, it's a series of small samples, so uh, things can go really high, really low. It's a roller coaster, uh, and it's really fun to enjoy these guys' careers because the development curve, especially for a quarterback, is definitely not linear. No, you're 100% right, and if that question was asked to me, you know, in the preseason, Carson Wentz would have been my second pick. I mean, I still love him. It's been a rough year for him. I don't think he can put him near the top of the list anymore, but he's a perfect example of what you said. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all, though, if this, if this next month, starting with the game in Miami where he played really well, we go back to saying, yeah, Wentz is a stud-building block type of guy. Absolutely. And that's about it. We're out of time here, Matt. Good stuff. Always fun. Thank you for those folks that... Uh, Got involved with the Twitter Thursday. We didn't hit very many questions, so apologies to the ones we did not get to. We'll try to hit some more of those next week. And tomorrow, as we do on Fridays, making our picks for all of the Week 14 games, aside from Thursday Night Football, which we will recap right here, Locked on NFL.